Welcome back to another episode of Heaven and Healing Podcast. In this conversation, I talk with my brother in Christ, Joshua Zakoff. Joshua has a really deep history with drug abuse that has put him in rehab, put him in jail, and even sent him into overdose several times. As they say, God takes a mess and makes it a message. That's exactly what he did with Joshua. Josh has come to love Jesus Christ and accept him as his Lord and Savior. So in this episode, Josh shares his coming to Christ testimony. And from there, he tells a story about a time where he backslid into psychedelics and what that experience looked like for him and why it led him running back into the arms of Jesus. With this conversation... We talk about why psychedelic use is so dangerous, how it really opens you up to spiritual realms that you have no business being a part of, but, you know, the enemy and demons will 100% capitalize on your vulnerability with these mind-altering substances like mushrooms, like weed, like alcohol, okay? And we also talk about the consequence of backsliding and how we tend to really underestimate our sin and why that is so dangerous because it really is taking God for granted. So there's a lot of really great nuggets in this episode from Josh. I really hope that you enjoy it. Welcome back to another episode of Heaven and Healing Podcast. I'm here today with my brother in Christ, Joshua. How do you say your last name? Zatkoff? Zatkoff, yeah. Zatkoff. Okay, great. Um, So I found Joshua through YouTube. A couple of you actually sent me his testimony um, and said that you would really appreciate a conversation between the two of us all about psychedelics. And so after I watched his story, I totally agreed. Um, he has a really amazing testimony, so I'm just going to give it over to him right away. Joshua, could you just tell the audience how you came to know Christ? Yeah, I'm uh, glad to be here first off. And, um, you know, so growing up, I was, I was, you know, baptized Russian Orthodox, but it wasn't something that, uh, it wasn't pushed down my throat. We went to church like as a family, but it was like, as soon as we got home, that was kind of left the, the building. You know what I mean? We would say like prayers for dinner and stuff like that, but I wasn't taught the Bible at all. I wasn't, you know, religion wasn't pushed on me. And so basically by the time I was old enough to stay home alone, uh, I stopped going to church and that was pretty much the end of it. You know, and like I said, my parents didn't really push it on me or anything. And so growing up, you know, I mean, I was, I had a good like childhood, you know what I mean? Both my parents were in the picture. Um, there was nothing, you know, no, no like big struggles or anything. And so as I grew up, I played a lot of sports and that was kind of what my childhood was. And around uh, like nine years old, eight or nine years old, I went to Puerto Rico. Uh, I have family out in Puerto Rico. And so I got molested by one of my cousins. And looking back and like, this is honestly something I'm realizing this last couple of years. Um, But pretty much after that happened, I had, you know, like I had some self like harm, like scratching my face and stuff like that as like little as like seven, eight years old, you know what I mean? Just like mental illness was in my family addiction and stuff like that. Um, and so, but after that, I think once I was like 11, 12 and I really kind of connected the dots on what had happened to me, 
uh, I started like really hating myself. You know what I mean? Like feeling like, even though I knew I was a child, I still looked at it as like, man, you should have, you know, you, you needed a man up and like, you should have handled that kind of thing, you know? And I kind of put that on myself. Like I was responsible and, and around the same time, around 12, I started, you know, getting, dealing with a lot of depression and anxiety. And I didn't really know what it was at the time. You know what I mean? I just knew like there was some type of disconnect where it seemed like that, that innocence of a child, you know, being a child kind of left and I felt kind of drawn away from the world and, and just into my own head. And uh, around the same time, I found marijuana. And uh, that was like, you know, it was, it, it was like it connected all the dots. It was like the missing puzzle piece to my life. It was my first, you know, love. It was like, I, I was obsessed with it immediately. And so my use of it progressed uh, over the next few years. And by the time I was in high school, um, that was all I did every day, you know, and I started quickly experimenting with more and more things, started trying pills and started uh, experimenting with uh, mushrooms and, um, you know, psychedelics. And, and, uh, I, and then I fell in love with those things. And, um, and before I knew it, my parents were kind of, I mean, they knew what was going on by the time I was 14. And they were trying to like, stop it, you know, and um, it, it ended with me going around when I, in 2008. Uh, I was 15 years old, I went to a, a program like a rehab facility. And it was an inpatient one. I went to a wilderness program for two months. And then I, and then for 10 months, I went to uh, uh, inpatient rehab for like troubled kids in Utah. And um, the thing is about it, though, is that it, it wasn't, uh, it just wasn't a good program. They got shut down for child abuse, like not long after I left. Um, and so the doctors and they were just prescribing kids, like whatever it was just, it just wasn't a good setting. And so what happened was it took, you know, me like a 15 year old kid and put me around a bunch of 17 year old kids that were, you know, heroin addicts and crackheads and, you know, stuff like that, like stuff I hadn't tried yet. And what it did was it made me more curious, you know what I mean? Because I was just a curious kid and obviously being there, I didn't think I needed to be there. I thought I was just doing what normal kids do. And so I was on a, a um, I was on a, uh, well, um, like a Adderall type of dr uh, drug. And um, I started going into psychosis. I started getting into Buddhism while I was there. And basically I went into this very deep place of like, I started getting real deep into meditation. And that was kind of my first, I think, encounter with like spirituality. Um, aside, like the mushrooms and the psychedelics before kind of opened me up to it, but the Buddhism on top of it, it was just extremely intriguing. I started going into like, I guess, somewhat of a trance or something like that with meditation. And, and I would just read Buddhism books all day and, and meditate. I had nothing else to do. And so by the time I came home, I was just not the same person. Uh, very quickly, around 16, I got in legal trouble and, um, and I started doing pills. I started doing painkillers. And by the time, you know, before I was 17, I was shooting up heroin. And um, so basically what happened was that led me down a road of a drug, a drug addiction for um, the better part of 12 years, you know, or nine years of, of hard like heroin use and intervene, you know, use. And um, uh, I had serious depression, you know, on top of, it was, I had bipolar, I had been diagnosed with bipolar disorder and, and ADD and all this stuff. And so it was like, just, it was just a mess, you know what I mean? And so from around 18 years old, I had a baby and it was just like, it was this life was just going downhill real quick. I had a suicide attempt in 2012 um, where I, I hung myself, you know, and uh, I had, you know, looking back, I think an angel came and kind of, you know, inter, uh, intervened in that. 
um, because the rope never detached from the, the fence or my neck. It like it stretched down a 20 foot, 20, 25 foot cliff until the, and I, I was in a little like two feet of water. And uh, it was like I was in a dream and I seen a light coming closer to me. And then next thing I knew, I was just free. Um, so that was kind of mind blowing and eye opening. But that also didn't point me to Christ. You know, it didn't point me to Jesus. It, um, it just made me believe that there was a God. But I still was definitely sold out on the, the idea of God being like a, a consciousness or some, you know, some type of universal thing. And, and so I, I just continued down that path. And for, you know, from that time on until let's see, I was I was around 18, 19 years old at that point um, and 20. And, uh, and so from that point until 25, I was just going in and out of jail. I was just having overdoses left and right. I was, you know, I was, and at that point I also was messing around with Ouija boards. I was, you know, I thought they were jokes. I would use them as like a party trick and, and you know what I mean? And like, and things would talk to me and I would mess around with them and be like, Hey, show yourself to me, you know? And I thought it was all a game. And, um, you know, I did, I did, I went to psychics and did tarot cards and did all that stuff, but it was never anything that I did took serious. I thought it was all a joke, but now looking back, I see like, that that suicidal you know thing I had going on went to a whole new level after I started messing with that stuff. I mean, I thought demons were my friends. I lived in a house on the battlefield, and like I, I mean, I had grown like adults calling their moms to come pick them up in the middle of the night because they're like, "Dude, I don't know how you live there." Like, you know what I mean? And I was like, "Yeah, the demons are cool with me. They don't like when other people come." You know, what I mean? <laughs> like it was it was it was wild. And and um, and so long story short, um around 2024, 24, uh, 2000, it was 2017 summer, I ended up homeless. It was like, I was building my life back up and then I lost everything within two weeks and ended up homeless. And, um, the, and so basically when I ended up homeless, it was kind of this point of like, just everything hitting the bottom. Uh, from two in 2016, I, I had just got from 2015, 2016, I was locked up for a year and a half. And at that point I was like trying to like, all right, I need to stop doing all this stuff. You know what I mean? And so I actually started going to church when I got out and it wasn't really that, that I believed in Jesus as much as I was just desperate, you know? And so I was calling out to anything that would answer at that point. Like, I mean, there was, there was, I remember specifically being in jail and, and being like God, the devil, whoever. You know, any of y'all can have my soul just someone come get me like, I, like that's how like just tired I was of my lifestyle and um and so I was going to church but nothing was happening and I was still addicted to drugs and I'm like just fighting crying out to God you know trying to have this encounter that I hear about trying to have this connection that you know people talked about but it wasn't really happening for me and then in 2017, when I was homeless, basically a series of events started happening at a rapid pace where it was like um, I had an overdose where I basically was in this hallway where I, I overdosed. And the next thing I knew, I was in a, a, another place and I was in a hallway and there was demons on my left and demons on my right. And I'm walking up to this door and one of the, de the demon in front of me, I was following it. And it said, one more step, you're almost there. And when it turned around, I knew like what was going on. And I said, oh, hell no. And I turned around and I woke up and I was in a pool of sweat. And I knew, I, like, I just knew that I knew like I was about to go to hell. Like that's that's the only thing I could really come up with. Like it was too real. It was like I had overdosed before and it was never anything like that. And so 
that happened. Um, and some lady came up to me one day at work and said, God says that you need to see him. And I was like, I know he needs to see me. Like, how do I, how do I get in touch with the guy? You know, <laughs> how's this all work? You know? And so I went to a church, a church at an AA meeting and I left. I said, you know, God, I heard you need to see me. I need to see you. How, do, how does this work? Like I, I've been calling on you and, you know, nothing happened. And I kind of felt dumb for doing that. You know, I kind of was like, no, what are you doing? And I, but I went and sat at a pew and opened the Bible and I read it and, it, you know, didn't think anything much of it. Well, the next week I went back and I did the exact same thing and I'm reading it and halfway through, I'm like, I read this before. And it was the exact scripture I opened to previously the week before, you know what I mean? And it was just Russian related it to the exact same scripture. And so at that point, it was kind of like stuff's like kind of the, the, my alarm started going off, like, all right, maybe there's something to this. Like, this is a little weird. And, um, and about, a, I'd say two weeks later, two, three weeks later, something like that. Um, I was going to go to a detox to get clean. And, uh, and uh, I was like, I'm gonna get high one more time. Cause at the point, at that point I was on Suboxone, which, you know, they use for, for hair to get people off heroin or whatever. And it's an alternative, but it's just as addictive. And so I was taking Suboxone. Um, and uh, I was basically, so I wasn't doing heroin at that point. And, um, but I was like, all right, I'm gonna get high one more time. And I did basically the amount I had, I was like, I know that I'll overdose if I do all this. But I also was like, um, if I don't do all of it, then I'm not going to be able to get high twice off of it. So I might as well just do it all at once and just get, you know, and, and so I remember sitting in the bathroom at the hotel and I had this real sobering moment with God where I said, um, I said, man, I said, Lord, I said, I don't know what you want from me. I said, I've been, this is what I've known for my whole life. This is all I know. I said, what do you expect from me? Like, I called on your name. I went to the church. I said the prayer. Nothing happened. Like, I'm still here struggling. I'm still calling. You know what I mean? I said, and I said, I don't know what you want. Forgive me. This is all I know. Just like that. And then I said, our father who are in heaven started tying up my arm and doing, and, and I finished the, our, you know, the Lord's prayer, put the needle and, and hit it. And, and as soon as I did it, I knew instinctively because I had, you know, five or six overdoses before. So I knew that there's like a feeling where like, you know, you have a split second of knowing you did too much basically. And I stood up to run out the, out the bathroom and next thing I know I'm in an ambulance. And, um, and so I get locked up and they're, they're like, yeah, you're, you're free to go. And I'm like, all right, get me out of here. And then as soon as I leave, the cop grabs me and takes me to jail. And so at that moment, I'm in a, in a holding cell for five days going through withdrawals. And basically I just was crying out to God the whole time. Like the fullness of, of the mistakes I'd made in my life hit me. You know what I mean? Like just all the, just how much of like a sinner I was, you know what I mean? Just how, how screwed up I was and how many mistakes I've made, how, just how wrong I, I went in my life. It, it just started hitting me. And I was just getting so convicted about everything I'd done and feeling guilty about everything. And um, I had felt guilty before, but not, not like this, you know? And, and so I said, God, I said, I'm like, I said, I just want to be a good boy. If you, if you help me out, if you come through, I said, and I remember being like, cause in the past I'd be like, yeah, I'm getting clean. I'm not going to go to the bars or, any, or I'm, I'm only going to go to the bar on the weekends. That was like me being good. Right. And so I said, God, I said, I don't even want to like hook up with girls anymore. I was like, I was like, just like, I don't want to do nothing. Like, I was like, I just want to be a good boy and like do something good with my life. That's it. And 
so I go to this mind dorm. I'm sitting in the jail pod for about a week and I'm, I'm so I'm going through withdrawals and I'm feeling terrible. And I remember looking around and I was like, I'm not doing this again, just sitting in this pod like this. So I was like, you know, I'm, I heard about the mind dorm, which was a Christian faith based program within the jail, but it, you know, it's like they had all this structure and rules. And so I was like, all right, God, I'm going to go here. And so I, I hop on to the, you know, to the program and I get there and about a week or two goes by and I'm about to leave, like, cause they're waking me up early. You know, they're like, you can't cuss. And there's all these rules, you know, <laughs> and I'm like, jail already sucks. Like this is making it worse, you know? <laughs> so I'm, I'm about to go, but I had this voice come to me. It was just a thought that wasn't mine. Like that's the best way I could explain it. Like, I just knew it wasn't me because it just cross-checked everything else in me. And it said, why don't you just try? And I was like, you know what, what do I have to lose? Why not? And so I started listening to the speakers and I started reading my Bible. And so the funny thing, this is probably like a week into this or a week after that, like happens a couple of days or something, but I'm sitting on my bunk and there was this point in the day where we weren't allowed to sleep, but we had to either like read or, but we had to stay awake. We couldn't. And some guy came up to me and said, Hey, you want a Bible? And I was like, sure. Why not? So he came, he brought me a Bible. I opened it up and I opened up to Psalm 18, the ones, the, the same scripture I had read previously. And so that was kind of when it all hit me, like, this is too, this is too much right now. Like, this is wild. So I, at that point, I started reading the Bible, like, I just started reading the Bible. And I just started praying. And about a week or two into that, next thing I knew, that was all I wanted to do. Like, I was obsessed. And I started feeling like all this, like, wisdom, or just like this understanding of the word started hitting me so fast. Like, I just started, like, it all starts sticking just wrapped like real, real quickly. And I felt like every time I would pray to Jesus, I would just feel like this overwhelming joy, you know, and like, like just this overwhelming peace, this like, and it wasn't in my head because I'm going through withdrawal still. And I'm looking at like eight years that I have over my head. So my life's over, <laughs> you know, like, as far as I'm concerned, my life was, was done, but I'm like, why am I so happy? This doesn't make sense. My, you know, I thought maybe I like potentially, went crazy like that's what I thought maybe you know what Josh maybe you just you, you lost your mind for real but um it just kept it just kept increasing and so over the course of the next two months I basically was just consumed with God that's the best way I mean it, it was a radical change and the the best example I use is that you know when I got there I got mad because people were praying like at night we'd, we'd they pass around Bible scriptures and pray and stuff. And by, by the time I left, everyone was getting mad at me because I would walk around all day like, hey, can I pray for you? Hey, let's pray again. You know what I mean? And it was just like, how did this happen? How, you know what I mean? People were coming up to me like, dude, what happened to you? How, like, you know what I mean? And so it was this radical shift. And uh, I thought that my life was over. I thought I was going to be there a couple of years. My lawyer's telling me you're, you're going to be here for at least, you know, a year and a half. And I remember praying one night and I said, God, you know, you don't owe me anything. I said, I, I definitely sowed this into my life. I can't complain. Um, but I said, if you get me out of this, I said, I'll, I'll pray for every person I see and I'll give you everything I have. Like, I'm all in on this. Like, you are too good. You're too real. This is amazing. I'm having all these encounters with Jesus and, and within, you know, my prayer time. It was just, it just kept increasing. So I said, I'm all in. And about a week or two later, and I, because I specifically said, I said, Lord, get me out of here and take me to a Christian program. 
about a week or two later, my lawyer comes says, hey, I got your ticket out of here. And it was a paper for a Christian halfway house. He's like, they'll give you a bond on the condition that you go here. And so that's what happened. I got my bond. And um, and over the next year, I went to, you know, all these drug programs and, and had my POs like, you know, they were like, wow, you're really like, you know, you're an exception. And so basically by the time I went back to court, everyone was kind of like, no, this kid really like, he really turned it around. Like, we're not joking. And so the judge was like, you know what, I don't normally do this. This, you know, even my, even my lawyer was telling me, like, he was trying to get me to lie. He was trying to get me to like reword things. And I remember I was like, look, I'm not going there lying. I'm going to tell him the truth about everything. And God's got me, bro. Like, I'm not, you know, and that's kind of, <laughs> so but my, even my lawyer's like, this isn't how you do this. And, and so the judge was like, look, you've been out for a year and you haven't gotten in trouble, all clean, you know, drug tests. I don't see the point of locking you up. You have a job and this and that. And so that was like kind of the, the break and the official, like, yeah, God really delivered me. And so since that was in 2018, 2019, when the court like was officially done. And so I got saved around 2000, uh, uh, November, 2017. And so I just started walking with Jesus, you know, since, since that time, kind of, you know, and so that's, that's that. That's seriously such an incredible story. Um, First of all, thank you for sharing that and being so vulnerable because it's really hard to open up about a past that's so that's so messy. Um, but like that saying goes, and I'm sure you heard it when you were in all those programs, like God makes our mess the message. Um, and he definitely, there are so many points where you were talking and it's so obvious that he, he was just with you the whole time, like before, before you even knew it. He was just there. And that's, I love that about God. I really do. You know, I don't know if I necessarily subscribe to Calvinism with that whole, like that there's like elect or whatever, but because it is a choice to come to Christ, but I do believe that there, you know, God knows us before we're born. He knows us in the womb. So he knows what our days look like. He knows that there will be that point that we will eventually choose him. And so for that reason, like he does look out for us beforehand. And there are people that I see that happen with even now. Um, I relate, um, with that when you were talking about, like, I'm just going to get high one more time. <laughs> Cause I never, I never did anything hard. I was into psychedelics very minimally because there was always a part of me that was afraid of them. And now I see what that is in hindsight. That was like the Holy spirit telling me to stay away. Um, but I was a heavy, heavy marijuana user. Um, and a lot of people would disagree with me and say, well, you were only smoking at night because I really was only smoking at night for the most part. But to me, that was still heavy because I needed it. I didn't know who I was without the nightly bowl pack. And when I got saved, um, I my regular use went to irregular use and it started to get to a point where I would start saying the same thing. Like, I'm just going to do it this one more time. I'm just going to do it this one more time. But it's never just one more time because it's just, it's, it's the temptation of it. Um, but I related to that also when you're saying that <clears throat> when you first came to know Christ, you were like obsessed with it and people were getting annoyed with you. 100% me too. It's, and it's just because, you know, you just, you fall in love with Jesus, like literally fall in love with him and you realize how in love with you he is and you want to share it with everybody that you love. And it's, it's because it's the most pure, gorgeous love that there ever could be. And um, 
a lot of people message me and say that like people in my life are annoyed by me, but I think that's totally normal. And it's just, it's just because we love Jesus so much and you just want to share that with everybody. Um, but yeah, thank you for sharing all that. So how did it get to a point where you ended up going back to mushrooms and back to psychedelics? Yeah. Um, so, okay. So 2000, so I got saved, right. And I, I radically went into street evangelism. Like, I mean, I wasn't even in a church at that. Like, I just went straight to the streets as soon as I had the opportunity. Like, and I mean, I was just praying for people everywhere I went, just preaching the gospel. I was pressing into the, you know, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and I was starting to see, you know, things. And I mean, I was in it. I was, I was really in it. I was living holy. I was, I was doing right. You know, I was, I was in it. And um, and so somewhere along that line. You just start, the more that I saw, the more that I just started to question and, and the more things that, that I kind of just started to revisit. Um, and and I guess like, you know, when you see so many different people on the street and so many different encounters and so many different just backgrounds and ideologies and coming from my background, I was very open-minded. I was very open to a lot. And so when I got saved, it was that radical, like, Jesus, no, it's Jesus, Jesus, right? Um, but then after a while, you you just start to question, like, I just started to question, like, all right, God, well, why, like, if you're so in per- pursuit of these people, and I'm leading them to, to you, and, and I led them through the center prayer and all this stuff, why aren't there, why is there no fruit? Why aren't they getting born? Like, why, where's the born again experience with them? And so after, you know, literally after hundreds of seeing people, seeing hundreds of people be like, uh, you know, Lord, forgive me, I'm a sinner, you know, saying the sinner prayer and, and praying for them. And even seeing people have, you know, breakdown crying and having encounters with the Holy spirit. And then you follow up with them and it's like, they're right back in the world. And that's, you know, Satan snatched that seed. And it was just like, it doesn't make sense. I just started feeling like, God, this doesn't make sense. Like why aren't, why is nobody sticking with this? And so that was a huge part of it where I was just like burning out because I was like, you know, and I, it, I mean, obviously it's pride, but you know, at the time I didn't feel like pride. I felt like God, like, I don't see anybody in the church out here preaching the gospel. I don't see, you know what I mean? It was just, there was just all these things happening. And I started to get, you know, feeling like, what am I doing this for? You know, like I'm sitting here spending all my free time on the streets trying to preach the gospel to people and nobody's coming to Christ and like really getting born again like that. You know what I mean? And I'm seeing people get encouraged and stuff. So that was one of the big parts of it. Uh, the second part of it was I started to think back on my use with psychedelics. And I thought about all the times that I got really convicted on them. You know what I mean? In the sense that I would do an internal soul search and it would make me want to be a better person. It would make me want to stop doing drugs and make me want to be kinder. And so I started kind of, in a way, thinking that that was maybe... Not that the that not that that was the Holy Spirit, but that like God was using them, and like, well, why is there positive things that come from it? You know, like like why why did I feel like I I attained more wisdom when I was taking psychedelics? Why do I feel like like I felt like there was a lot of good that came from them? Um, and then I also at the same time ran into this, you know, these these videos about this these Christians that were eating mushrooms and I think it's Genesis 16 I believe where it talks about the manna and and they thought that that was referring to mushrooms but for whatever reason I kind of got sucked into it and started watching videos about it and so I'm kind of like I mean 
well, maybe, you know what I mean? And, and so at the time, it wasn't like a thought of like, oh, I'm doing this. I mean, I sat on it for a while. It was just a seed that was kind of there internally. And I think I just started to just be more and more open to it because basically what happened is I got to a point where I was like, just kind of frustrated with, you know, at this point, I was probably two and a half years into my walk. And, you know, I'm living right. You know, I've obviously had my little stumbles and, you know, but I was doing it right. And I felt like I wasn't fulfilled anymore. Like that, that first love kind of started fading away. The, it started to feel like a chore. It, it didn't like, I, I didn't feel like it was, it just didn't feel like it was flowing anymore. It felt like uh, something was missing again. And even though, you know, and a lot of times it's like, you don't realize how much peace you have until you lose it. You know what I mean? Like you don't realize how much joy you have until you lose it. And so for anybody watching that, you know, if you backs it, like, you know, exactly what I'm talking about. It's like, Oh, wow. I didn't realize how much peace I had until I just, you know, fell into that sin or something. And um, there's a, there's a quote um, by uh, Charles Finney who says, there's no person that's more unhappy than the backslider because he has too much of God to enjoy the world and too much of the world to enjoy God. And so that's so <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah. And so I got to this point where I just was basically like just questioning everything. It was like everything was on the table. And so I said, you know what? Maybe there's a chance that I know Jesus is the truth. Like I know that Jesus is king. But what if I took mushrooms because it's natural god put it on the earth right it's here what if i ate those and then i communed with god maybe that would be a whole new level that's how i started thinking like maybe that you know what i mean i'm not talking about getting high i'm not talking about getting drunk i'm talking about hey mushrooms and god and jesus will like meet me in that place and i thought i just thought it was going to invite me into more truth and even though i knew within christianity it was definitely frowned upon i was like I'm, I'm done with religion. I don't really care what, you know, Christianity is doing. Jesus, like, I'm, I'm after your heart. I'm, just, I'm going into this thing. And so I, I never really took the opportunity to do it. I wasn't that, like, persistent about it. It wasn't something that I was like, I got to do this. I want to do this. It was just kind of something I started making peace with in, in my heart, like, to do. And so one night the opportunity presented itself to me. And um, I guess I just felt like, you know what, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. And I just lost the fear of, I lost the fear of, I guess, God being mad at me if I did do it. You know what I mean? It was kind of like, well, if I do it, what's, you know, the worst that happens like is, you know, I find out I shouldn't do it, I guess. I guess that, you know, so. That's, yeah, that quote is incredible. And I totally relate to that because like I mentioned how I would just start smoking weed again. Um, and like just being vulnerable, this is even like, this is like even a month ago, like I'm struggling with this backslide, but whenever like I get into that space and I like not doing it anymore, I got really convicted last month, the last time I went down that path and um, something just snaps inside. But whenever I would do that again, it was like, I, I just felt that way. It was like, I know that God doesn't want me like this. I know that I'm like making myself more susceptible to you know, Satan's temptations to his, to his games, um, to his influence, because like, it's like a domino effect. Like it just leads one thing to another, one sin to another sort of thing. And I was, I was just, I was, I would get depressed again. And then I would, I would wonder why I would feel depressed when I was 
supposed to feel saved, but it was my own fault. It was my own sin. So mm. I totally, totally relate to that. That's, um, that was a really good quote. I wrote that down. Um, a quick break in the episode to ask that if you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you listen or watch. Give it a five-star rating and written review to help get this into more people's eyes and ears and spread the good news of Jesus Christ. Thank you so much. Down. Um, yeah. So what happened when you did decide to take the mushrooms? So, so what happened was, so I, I was at a friend's house and um, so I ate them. And, you know, I always, I got to throw this out there because coming from the psychedelic community, I know exactly how people who take psychedelics think. Uh, you know what I mean? The, one of the funny things about the new age and psychedelic communities is we we like to make things like we think the deeper we make something sound the more real it is or the more true it is you know what i mean and it's yeah. like there's always some super deep meaning behind it to why and a lot of times it's not the case you know what I mean? sometimes it really is just black and white and um and so i'll say that i have was a very experienced you know psychedelic taker or psychonaut whatever you want to call it I had you know taken large amounts of mushrooms I had you know I used to inject acid you know what I mean like I like I I, I did that stuff and so I, I knew how to function on it I you know I was from a from the perspective of like you know having my shadow self and all that my shadow work done like I took it at a very as, as a very broken person a very depressed person a very hate, you know, ha hating myself type of person. And I didn't have no bad, I never had a bad trip. I know, you know what I mean? Like for, we're talking for, you know, 10 plus years or whatever, however long I did it. And so this, there, this wasn't a situation of not being able to control my high or, you know, not being able to, to face what was inside of me and um, not knowing what was going on or something. And like, no, like, oh, I was just high. Like, I don't, I don't know. You know what I mean? Um, this was definitely very different. This was not no what I was used to in any way. So anyway, so I take, I take these mushrooms. I ate, I ate the mushrooms, which is, you know, I guess the, the average amount, I would say, like, that's what, you, you know, the go-to amount for a trip. And so I eat them and everything starts out good. I feel fine. Like I'm even praying to God and, and it wasn't like I felt convicted, but I felt like, I was like, all right, God, like I, I did this, like, I, you know, I hope everything's cool, you know, and, but I didn't feel convicted. I just was like, well, you know, and so time's going on. I, I feel good. We're playing beats. I'm about to make a song and, you know, 20, 30 minutes go by and I start to feel my stomach kind of turn. It's like this, you know, the, the intro anxiety to a trip or whatever. And I'm like, okay, here we go. You know, I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm in a positive mindset, all the, you know, good stuff. I'm in a place that I'm familiar with all that stuff. And, and at one point, my friend says, hey, man, I'm, uh, I have some friends that they wanted me to go to the bar. Do you want to come? I'm like, no, you know, like, why would I want to go to the bar? I'm trying to, you know what I mean? I just did this thing. You know, and he knows that I'm a Christian. Like, he's more than aware. You know what I mean? He knows how I am at this point. But we, you know, he was one of those friendships I just never fully cut off. I just kind of would go there to record music. And we he respected where I was. And I respected he's doing what he's doing. But, um. And so he leaves and it was like, as soon as he left out the door, it felt like just a demonic cloud came in. And like, 
at this point, I was very susceptible to to feeling demonic presences. I my my spiritual senses were very alive, very aware. Um, I had countless, you know, um, experiences with like feeling demonic presences, having you know sleep paralysis, having demons come in my room. You know, what I mean, like I was, I had experienced all this stuff sober, you know, in in walking with Jesus. And so I knew, I already knew right off the bat what it was like, oh, that's here. And so these presents are coming in the room and I'm feeling them come in as like individual people, like one a dark cloud would come in and another one would come in and it was like the room was getting filled with it. But because I had just ate the mushrooms, I said, we're not doing that. You know, I'm like, Josh, we're not doing that. You know how this works. Keep your mind like you know, keep your mind harnessed, do, you know what I mean? So I'm, I'm ignoring, it. I'm like, no, this is a good time. We're gonna have a good time, I'm, you know, listening to music, doing whatever. And I'm in the room and it just, but it's, I start feeling my chest start caving in. And I start feeling pressure on my chest and it's just like getting intense and I couldn't really ignore what was going on around me in the atmosphere. But I'm still like on this set of like, no, we're gonna have a positive mindset. I go in the bathroom and I look in the mirror and I basically give myself a little pep talk. I laugh. And I said, Josh, you ate mushrooms. I was like, you can't die from mushrooms. You know, like there's no, you know, because at the point, at that point, it felt like my, my chest was shrinking and like I was going to like just die or something. And so I'm like, you can't die. And I'm like talking to myself through a logical, like, you know, scientific, per, you know, explanation. And as soon as I said that, I like went to turn from the mirror and I heard who said I can't stop your heart whenever I want. And I knew it was God's voice because the way he said it wasn't to scare me. It was like, what? Like, do you know that? Like, like, how do you think this all works? Like people wake up every morning dead in the middle of this. You know what I mean? There's no set like, oh, you can't, you know, it was like, oh, wow, I could. You're right. Like God could just stop my heart right now because he feels like it, you know what I mean? Or whatever. Like, and so that hit me like, oh, wow, this is, this is for real. And at that moment, it was like everything in the atmosphere just heightened even more. And so at that point, it was like I became consumed with darkness. The room felt completely 100% demonic. I look, you know, and I even like look over my friend has a pentagram drawn, you know, some picture of pentagram on the wall. So now I'm like, yo, where am, what am I doing? This is crazy. And um, I start praying and I'm just praying. And it was like the more I prayed, it was kind of weird because it was like when I started praying, it got worse. But then if I stopped praying, it was, it felt like I was just getting pulled into death is, is the best way I could describe it. So as I was praying, I felt like I was just keeping my head above water. And so this goes on for a while and I'm just praying and I'm saying like, God, forgive me, Lord have mercy. Like, I don't know what I was thinking. We're past have a positive mindset. Like I, I tried that a couple more times, you know what I mean? Like there was a couple more times where I said, I remember I was like, all right, Jesus, forgive me. And I was like, oh, I'm forgiven. It's, it's done. I'm like, thank you for forgiving. I tried to like just move, you know, like kind of just move by it. Like, oh, we're good, God. But it wasn't like that. It was like I, I was I knew that I made a like a major infraction. Like this wasn't like me stumbling. And, and you know, it was like you just illegally access something and you knew way too but be- you, you knew better by a far degree to do this you know what I mean like like where your understanding is is way too high for you to make this type of mistake and that was what I knew internally I said oh man and so 
I'm in this place of just struggling and, and praying and just feeling consumed. My chest is caving in. I'm like starting to have trouble breathing. And I call my wife and I'm like, she was on the way home from, from going out to eat with friends. And I call her and I'm like, Hey, you need to come pick me up. She has no idea what's going on. She thinks I'm, you know, I'm just out with my friend. And so I'm like, can you pick me up? And so by the time she gets there, it was probably 20, 30 minutes later, I'm just like, I'm losing it. Like, I'm just, I'm just, it, I can't, I can't really explain what was happening at that point. It just felt like complete chaos and death around me. And it was just like caving in my chest. Right. And so um, I get in the car and at that point I started going like in and out of my body. And when I say that, it's like, I'm talking to you right now. And then it felt like something just grabbed my soul and just yanked it out. And I'll just like be out, like, like go limp, be gone. And then next thing I know I'm in another like realm, like, like, like a dream world of more just very real. So I would be aware that my body was somewhere else, but I'm here in this other place. And, and it was just, it would just happen suddenly where it was just like, I pulled out and then like a minute or two would pass and I'd, I'd be back in. But when I got pulled out, I started it started off like a black void and I didn't really know what was going on. I just knew that when I was, when I would come back to my body, I couldn't breathe. And it was like when, so I'd be, I was like catching my breath. like, <gasps> And my wife, my wife is like, what's going on? Are you okay? She's trying to have a conversation with me. I'm like, you don't understand like this, like I'm, I'm, I'm just pray. I like I could I could only get a few words out of time, and I'm like just pray. I can't explain this right now. Just pray. And so I'm praying. I'm going in it like it was just weird, like getting thrown in, thrown out, thrown in, thrown out. And so I'm like, all right, this is getting this is getting intense. And so I get home, and I just like run into run into the house, and I fall on the floor in my in my bedroom. And at this point, I'm getting pulled out of my body like longer periods of time so I get pulled out of my body again and all of a sudden it was like image and and views came to everything that was going on so next thing I know I'm like out of my body but I'm in a hand and I'm laying in this hand and it's like it's like a, you know just a big hand where it's like if I you know if I put like a like this in my you know what I mean it was like I felt like just a little bug or something in this huge hand and like and I'm laying there and I look over on my right and it's like a wall of demons. You know what I mean? And it's just like, and it was the same demons that I've seen when I overdosed a couple years prior. So I already knew what they looked like. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And then I look over my left and it was like the kingdom of heaven. And the kingdom of heaven was like, I don't I wouldn't say as a tower. It was just, but it was tall. It was just like this big, long, tall tower. And I couldn't see like, every little detail it was just I knew I could sense the light of it and I could sense the glory on it and I could just I just knew you know in the spirit you just you know you just know what everything is going so I knew and I could tell that God was at the top like he was just this being of light that was at the top completely aware of everything going on and so I'm in this hand and now everything's hitting me that like this is so like in my mind at this point, it's like, you're aware that you can't call anybody. Like, what am I, I can't call a pastor. I can't call a lawyer. I can't pay any type of money to get out of this. This isn't something you get bonded out of. I can't go to a hospital. You know, like this is a spiritual matter right now. Like, this is, you know, this isn't like, 
they're not giving me some medicine. Like I knew that this was like the re- this was really happening. And so I'm like, oh my gosh, like all I have is God. That's the only hope I have right now is that God has mercy on me. And so I'm in this this hand and there was fear isn't the 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 there's no word like fear is is a is a crappy word for it. I, I use the scripture, you know, it's a fearful thing to fall into the hand of the living God a dreadful and fearful thing. Um, It was just this feeling of like, all right, you can't do anything. You can't fight your way out of this. You can't do anything. You can just pray and ask for mercy and believe that God will give you mercy. But so at at first, uh, as I hear these demons, one stands up, it's like, you could tell it was like a leader or something. And he stands up and he like kind of steps forward and he said, we're tired of this kid. He said he keeps coming to our kingdom and taking people out. And then he came back and ate off our table. And so when I heard that, I had a full understanding of everything that had been happening. Like I understood like, oh yeah, you've, you've been like winning souls for Jesus for the last two and a half years. And you think, and then you come back and, and literally eat mushrooms. Like, so it hit me like, okay, this is the charge being brought against me. It sounds pretty like, this is right. They're, they're not wrong. I can't tell them they're wrong. You know what I mean? Like I knew this was just, and then it was like, there was a dialogue going on back and forth and I couldn't hear it. I was just in this hand. And while I was in the hand, the first thing I started noticing was besides the fear, this after noticing the fear, after noticing the initial feelings and awareness of it is it started feeling like my organs were shriveling up and there's this, this black abyss underneath me. I know hell is underneath it started to feel like my organs were shriveling up and I, it, it was like, I could feel my cells drying up and dying. It was like this internal, like just think of the thirstiest you've ever been in your life. And at times at times like 15, like I could individually feel my organs shutting down or something and just shriveling up and dying. And I knew no matter how much water I drank, I, it wouldn't go away. It was just feeling of like, just death, just, moving in on me or something and, and just pulling the life out of me and so at the same time it was like I knew I was fighting to stay alive in some some way like my prayers were keeping me alive in some sense but if I went if I just like stayed quiet and just like accepted it and just laid there like whatever I would feel like let my life leaving more and so at this point it was like God was handing me breath Cause I'm, I'm still having trouble breathing. Like I'm breathing, but it's very delayed and very spaced out. And so I'm, I would be like shriveling up like a slug or whatever, like dying. And then I would see where like God was, something would come to me. It was like a breath would come to me and I'd go and I'd feel my body go <clears throat> and catch a breath. And then it would go out and then I would be laying there feeling death again. And at this uh, simultaneous, simultaneously, they're having like a court case and I'm just sitting there like, what, what the heck, what do I do? And, but I remember at one specific time I started talking to God and I said, I was like, God, Jesus said, you died for me. I, I trust you. You're faithful when I'm, when I'm faithless. I'm like, I'm saying all these scriptures to God, like, you know what I mean? Trying to build myself, like my faith or something. I don't know. But I said, you know what? I actually, I believe that you got, I messed up but um, forgive me. And I said, I commit myself to you. Like, and I went limp and I literally started feeling myself dying. Like it, 
it, it um, I smoked DMT a few times, you know, probably like five or six times. And there's a, there's a feeling in DMT where you start feeling your soul, leave, like you, it, like you start feeling your soul leave your body. And it, 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 they, that's why they say it's like when you're dying. Right. And like, that's what's released. Right. Well, I started to have that feeling, but more intense where I could feel my body. Like it was like my spirit was fully transitioning into that. Room. And I was losing touch with my body. Cause it was like, I was connected to my body. So backwards. So I'm still like a conscience conscious of what's going on in this realm, earthly realm. And so, um, and so at this point I start to give up and I start to feel myself like decent. And it was like, I had this sort of a peace knowing that like, I think Jesus was still safe, but I also felt this, this, this unction. It's like strong, like, no, keep, you have to keep interceding for yourself. Like you, keep praying for yourself and like this type of stuff i understand like theological we're probably like, where's this at i understand that but this is what was going on that's why i could tell you so i'm like praying for myself was keeping my head above water it was keeping myself there and and at some point i said you know what i said god i need to be here for my family i'm like t- i'm thinking about my calling and i'm like this isn't about me. Like you called me to, to do something in this earth. Like all these people, my family needs me. Um, at that point, my, my, my wife was pregnant. My baby was doing a couple of things. To my, like I, and I have a 10 year old or, you know, she's 11 now, but at the time she was nine or eight, this is like two and a half years ago that this happened. So I'm like, my kids need me. Like, and it was like, I guess the acknowledgement and, and someone asked me actually about this and they said, why did God like make you wait in the hand and stuff? And the reason is because he wanted me to see the impact, like the, the weight of my sin. He wanted me to really understand, like, do you know how serious this is? Like, we think sin is just some like little scuff on a paper. Like, no, it's death. Literally, it is death. Like, this is what you just opened yourself up to. And I'm getting chill saying, talking about right now. Like, so it was like, he wanted me to truly feel the weight of what just happened. And so he let me sit there and feel it and suffer in it and, 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 you know, be broken by it. And then the other aspect of it was he wanted me to know you're not here just on your own accord. You're not like, you know, like where, where Israel says, you didn't save us for us, but for your name's sake, like he didn't save me just for me. Yeah. He loves me. And he, you know, but he saved me because of my purpose he saved me what i'm connected to because he loves me but it's not he didn't save me for myself you know i mean he saved me for for his his purpose with me and and that's it like i'm his yeah and so i started to realize all this and at that point it was like a cloud of witnesses came around me it was like six or seven saints came over me and they started to pray and as they were praying i started to feel more and more filled you know what I mean? Like, like, oh, I think I'm good. Like, I think I'm going to make it through this thing. But still in the hand, still like very fearful, right? And at the same time, Jesus walks out. Jesus walks out into the middle of the thing. And I know it's Jesus because everything instantly, like, you felt the, the yielding. You felt the demons. You felt every the angels, the, the saints, whatever they were, angels or saints, angels and saints you felt the yielding of like, oh, this is the king. Like everything acknowledged it. Even even heaven itself was a being that acknowledged Jesus. 
and everything shifted to him. And when he came to me, he said, this one is mine. He belongs to me. And it was like, he was telling everything like this, this, this one's mine. You know, he put his arm around. Me. And when we, he turned next thing I know, I find myself back in my body and I'm just puke instantly. I start like going through deliverance. I'm getting my, my wife's handing me trash or little plastic bags or whatever. I filled up a couple of, I mean, I'm puking my gut. I never puked like this in my life. And I puked so much that when I was done, I collapsed again and like unconscious or what I don't like, it was just everything in me was done. I didn't have, I couldn't even like push my arm up. My body was just spent completely. My strength was gone and I collapsed. And the next thing I know, I'm like walking into, I'm back on my body and I'm walking into heaven. I don't, and you know what, there's like, if it's heaven, heaven, I don't, I don't know what it was, what it was, the kingdom of heaven. I don't know if this is like the heaven we go to when we die. I don't know, but I know this much. I walked into this place and it was just like the sense of holiness, the sense of, of God's goodness the sense, was just filled. It was like if it was covered in a sheet, uh, like a white sheet where I, like you knew everything that what it was. But I knew that it was like God dimmed the light. Like I knew like if I saw this thing on full blast, I'll die. I had some type of sense of like, I couldn't handle what the fullness of this thing. And so the, where it was, well, first, so the first thing is like, as soon as I walk in, I don't see heaven at first. The first thing I see is Jesus. Like when I saw him, all I saw was his eyes and his eyes were just like, it was, it was the most purest, most loving eyes I've ever seen. They weren't one color. It was almost as if they were like little mini earths or like multiple eye colors at once in one. And the way that it was, it was like when I saw his eyes, it was like his eyes pulled me into him and pulled him into me. It was like they, it was like a magnetic force that like where everything else disappeared. And, and I, he smiled and said, maybe we shouldn't do that again. And the way he said it was like, like it was like a friend making a, a small little mistake or something. Like it wasn't it, zero anger, zero frustration, but stern where I knew like, oh, I learned my lesson. I learned my lesson, dad. Like, you know, like, but it was like, I got you. Like it, it, I paid for it. it. Let's forget it. Like it was like, as soon as he he got involved in it, it didn't, it, it was gone. It, he, he threw it and forgot about it but I didn't forget about it. So he's walking me through heaven and I'm seeing like beings, but still it's like, Jesus is my, my attention's on Jesus still. So everything else is like, I'm aware of it and I'm seeing it out of my peripheral vision, but I'm not looking at it because I'm just so like, just caught up and enamored like with this, this moment. But as I'm walking away, I get this sense in heaven that like the beings were disappointed in me. Like it, like it was like, just like, it was just, and, and maybe it was me. I don't, you know what I mean? But it was like the sense of the beings being like, this kid knew better. Like, like, you know, it was like, you, you knew better basically. It wasn't like they were mad at me or anything. It was like, they just, they were disappointed. 
Like they, they like we have a cloud of witnesses. You know what I mean? The angels, it says in Malachi 3 that there's angels that take notes of those that, that worship God and do the things of God. Like they're aware of us. You know, you know what I mean? We have angels, you know what I mean? So they know like this, they know me. And so it was a sense of disappointment. And where I was in heaven, there was there was different dimensions of glory. They were separated. It was like a tower. And it was like a, a building was set up and you could see through them. And so where I was, where Jesus brought me into was like a higher level. And, and I say that because when I looked down, I could see like three or four um, things under me. And then there was like one or two above me. And the higher up you went, the closer you were to, to like the throne of God, the glory of God. And I, you're so aware of the holiness of God that it is like, it illuminates everything about you everything on you like everything it's it's a it's a sense like i don't you know like if anyone that's had like real strong encounters with jesus knows what i'm talking about like in prayer like you have encounters with jesus that are that are so potent that they're scared they're they're so raw that it just like that happened with peter in the boat he said lord i'm not worthy get away like that's how it is to encounter god it's not like people think of the presence of god when we talk like, oh the goosebumps the holy spirit like that's like level one presence. You know what I mean? Like I'm talking about real encounters and I'm referring to ones I've had completely sober, completely, you know what I mean? All that, whatever you want to, they're scary. It, it, you, you become so aware of, of your sinful nature. You become so aware of how unworthy you are and you become completely aware of how good, holy, righteous, just, and perfect God is. And so that was what I was being faced with. But at the same time, I'm having Jesus like, like with me proud of me or something like you know like walking me around like yeah this is my son i love him you know and that killed me. it destroyed me and i took off like it was like in the spirit like you as soon as you think to go you you're where you think to be and so i i instantly i said take me to the lowest place in this place you know like i want to stay in this thing but like take me to like the lowest of the low and i shot down to like the bottom of the tower to the bottom of the bottom and I just instantly was like, oh, my hands and knees worshiping. And I remember I said, God, don't make me speak. Please don't ever make me talk again. Just let me worship. And like that was that was one of the like life changing moments because I realized at that moment more than ever that every breath I get is from God. And so I said, oh, my gosh, like every breath should be given back to you in, in worship and in praise. And then I started thinking, like, there's people right now blaspheming God, doing satanic rituals, and God is giving them that breath. To just sit with that, like, that's how good he is. People are using it to blaspheme him, and he's still just giving them that breath. And so I'm like, just let me worship. I said, just let me worship. Just let me worship. And I was just scared to stop saying hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. That's all I could say. And I would say maybe 15 minutes. I don't know the time, how it worked but a short period of time, but not too short, goes by. And then Jesus comes back to me. And it was basically like, he, he just, and it's like, no, no one's talking. This is all just telepathic, knowing. And he's basically just dealing with the condemnation, the shame, like, let it go, move on. Like this, your seat is up there. This is where I seated you. Like come back to where you belong, basically. But I'm still like, God, like, I don't, you know what I mean? But then I realized, I started thinking the scripture that was, that came to me was whom do I have in heaven besides you? 
You know what I mean? When my heart and my flesh failed me, you're my portion forever. Psalm 73, 25. And that scripture came, came to life in such a crazy degree at that moment. But then also what came to me was I realized that Jesus is all I needed as far as like, um, uh, like to advocate for me, advocate for me. I didn't need anybody to approve. I didn't need anybody to forgive me. I just needed to forgive myself at that moment because he already did. So then I went back with him and we started walking through. And at this time I was like, I was, wasn't in a private way. I was just like, look, he, he said, I'm okay here guys. Like, you know what I mean? Take, take it over the boss. Like we're like, I'm here. I mean, I started feeling comfortable and feeling like, like, you know, um, and then at that point it was like, uh, basically everything that I wanted to know it seemed like started to come to me it was like I was in this place of just revelation coming to me and it started to overwhelm me right basically like it was like everything I've been asking myself the last few years started to come to me the secrets of the world if you will started to come to me and basically I said stop I, I, like I was like this is gonna kill me and I said send me back to earth it was like it, it I don't know how to explain it. All I know is that Paul says when he went up to the third heaven, he said, there's things I saw that I can't talk. They're illegal for me to talk. Like, it was like, I knew like this reality is, is, is saving us. Like this, this reality right here, that this, this veil, we need this. We'll die without it. And a lot of people would, would lose their minds if they saw what was around. I'll just say that. And I was seeing, I was just, I was being overloaded with, with information, with, just revelation, so much joy. It was like the, the rivers of his delight were being poured inside me. Everything I was just being filled. And I felt like I was gonna explode. And I said, stop, stop, stop. Like, please send me back to my body. Like, get, I, I don't deserve this. I, I shouldn't be here. I don't know. Like, it was this weird, like, knowing, like, it, it was kind of like, I would, I would say it like this, like getting, like, if I went, if I work hard for my money and I make a million dollars, you feel good about it but you go rob a bank and make a million dollars. You don't feel proud of it. Like, I'm not proud of this experience. This isn't something, you know what I mean? Like, it was like, yeah. it was kind of like a double-edged sort of like, this is how good I am. And knowing that I wasn't deserving of it, you know what I mean? So like, it was like this weird dynamic of God's goodness, just like destroying me and me being aware of how unworthy I was of it. And so this goes on for a while. And then I slowly just started like, fading out of it and next day I know I'm like back in my body and I'm like thankful and like thank you like but I'm so aware for the, the rest of the night I'm so aware of that that right now me and you are here but our spirits are doing something like right now you know what I mean and that was that that's one revelation that's just so so wrecks me to this day like and so yeah and I came back and was completely wrecked for about three days. I was scared to talk. Um, I, I was made aware of how much, how much I put my attention on foolish things that aren't sin necessarily. Just like, man, like right now God is present and I'm just not like, I'm worried about the traffic or, you know what I mean? Just like how stupid life is <laughs> in, 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 in a you know degree, but um, yeah. That's such a good, such an incredible story. And you touched on so many key things that I was writing down as you went. Um, when you mentioned that the demons you saw were the same demons you saw years ago in your overdose, I've heard from 
um, other like, you know, like biblical scholars and things that like demons do get assigned to people. And I feel like I had that same experience, just obviously in a different way where there were, there were presences around me and I knew them. And same with you, like for a while, I thought they were my friends. There were some like, you know, I thought my grandma was there and now I know that wasn't my grandma. That was a demon pretending to be my grandma. But um, it's just insane how they're just, they cling and they hang around. And like you said, if we could see the things around us, like we wouldn't be able to handle it. And like, that's like, we, there's, there, it, there's a veil there for a reason. And when I would, um, when I would smoke a lot, I mean, especially at night, like I would feel, I would feel, you know how they say like, oh, it's paranoia, but I'm convinced it's not paranoia. Like it's actually presence that you feel. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I would feel them in my room and I would just think because I was very into the new age as well. And I was convinced I was a star seed from another planet and, you know, all the things. So I would think to myself like, oh, I'm just unfamiliar with this energy because I'm on earth right now, but this is from another star system. Like it's my, it's my star family just in my bedroom, but like, no, those were demons hanging out in my room at night, like every single night. And, um, actually my now fiance, then boyfriend said that I used to like wake up in the middle of the night and just like sit up and just like sit, like just sit up and like look around and sometimes talk. And I would have no knowledge of that, but 100% like demon influenced. And we need to just, we need to be aware of these things, like not to scare people, but at the same time, like you should have that fear of, of the Lord and of these entities and of the devil, because he's real and he prowls and waits for us to make ourselves vulnerable so that he can attack like that. And when you were talking about kind of like how you underestimated your sin like going into it um and then when you were in that experience you realize like the true like the weight of it i really appreciated that because we do that so much like i do that all of us do that we just underestimate the weight of our sin and it's because like we don't necessarily have that fear of the lord in our heart and we need to have that that's that's biblical like scriptural that god calls us to have that because when we underestimate the sin, it's basically like thinking that we know better than God. Like, you know, oh, I'll just, I'll smoke again, or I'll go get wasted again. I'll do the psychedelics again. Like I'll, I'll go be sexually immoral again. Like it's okay. God loves me. God forgave me. Like, yes, but you're not supposed to take advantage of that. It's mm-hmm. not, that's not what it's there for. And it's just, it gets us back into thinking that we know better and, he doesn't have to grant us anything. Like he, he doesn't owe us anything, but we owe him everything. And so we, we have to take these things seriously. And he calls us to deny ourselves, pick up our cross and follow him, walk the narrow road. And being Christian can be really, really challenging sometimes for that reason, but it's, it's worth, you know, risk outweighs reward sort of thing. The reward certainly outweighs the risk of missing out of on anything of the world. And I think your experience, um, like toward the end where you were talking about how you felt like you couldn't handle it, like you, he was just like giving all of this to you at once. I think that was a really nice example of God's wrath as also being God's love. 
Mm. Because that's yeah. that's like a question that people have sometimes. Like, how can he be both things at once? But the what you just you just illustrated it kind of perfectly because that's exactly what he was doing. He was kind of disciplining you, but also like unconditionally loving you at the same time. And you were experiencing that at the same time. And that's just that's just who he is. And it's it's magnificent. Like he's magnificent. So thank you for sharing that. That's really, really incredible. Um now like a couple of things like we'll just like touch on like the like psychedelics and why we should stay away from them as if your story isn't enough <laughs> enough evidence for people. But something you said like at the very beginning, um towards where you were, you know, mentioning how you got back, like you kind of backslid into it, like going down these rabbit holes of like, well, God created it. So isn't it okay? And that's something people have asked me too. And it's like, well, God created poison berries, you know, God created mosquitoes. That doesn't mean you want them biting you. It's like the same sort of thing, you know, and, um, Another quick break in this episode to remind you that you can donate to the Heaven and Healing Podcast Ministry at donorbox.org slash heaven dash healing dash podcast dash ministry. I will leave that in the show notes. And if that doesn't work, you can always directly Venmo me if you do feel called to do so. My Venmo is at Angela Marie Yucci, which is the spelling of my Instagram, and I will leave that in the show notes as well. 100% of the donations go straight into the time, energy, and maintenance of Heaven and Healing podcast, and every donation is greatly appreciated. If you can't donate, all I ask is that you say a prayer. Thank you so much. Why do you think, um, why do you think people are drawn to psychedelics in the first place? Well, I mean, if we look at psychedelics, like historically, they go back thousands of years. I mean, that you know, all pretty much, I uh, think probably one of the earliest, uh, you know, proof of the use of them, I think, is like in Africa for mushrooms. Um, I mean, they go back thousands of years. So I think there's a sense of this is the original form of spirituality. But I also think the, the big draw of it. Um, is that it's a guaranteed spiritual encounter. It's a, it's a guaranteed experience. That's what it is. It's like, and that's one of the things that I wrestled with because it was, it's like, yeah, well, God, like we can come to, people come to church all the time and don't, you know, don't feel like they have an encounter with you. Like, you know, the Holy Spirit is not our genie in a bottle. He is God. He, you know, he is, he does what he wants. It's his, I, you know I mean? He's not on our time. Um, and so it's a guaranteed like, hey, I can give you this right now and I guarantee you something's going to happen. It might not be good, but you will see something in some way, shape or form. And so I think that's what, that's one of the biggest draws is that it's a guaranteed way to open up your mind in some type of new way. Um, and then I think the other aspect of it is it's becoming more and more blasted within our society that these things are helpful and beneficial for not only mental illness but also for treating addictions and and also getting you in contact with you know your higher self and these you know and god and all these things so i think that's why yeah i mean i like what you said there that it's like oh i can give you this right now like that reminds me of um like jesus being tempted when he was you know, in the desert, like Satan saying, I'll just, I'll give you all the kingdoms right now. All you got to do is bow down and worship me. Like, it's kind of the same thing. It's just like that instant gratification. Um, like when I would, when I would do psychedelics, it was always, 
you know, because uh, it was very new age for me. And um, so it was all like, oh, you got to do this. Like, it's going to open you up. It's going to help with your chakras. It's going to help you release old trauma from past lives and like X, Y, Z. And I had like a couple trips that were nice. And um, like you mentioned, like, oh, I've had like experiences that felt really profound. But then obviously that makes you want to go back for more. Um, but then I also had times that were very dark and scary and painful, like physically painful. Like this one time I did mushrooms and I was on the beach with my friends. Um, we were all like totally entrenched in new age stuff at the time. And my, my face is just like in a beach towel and I'm just crying my eyes out with like this physical pain in my chest and my other my friends like rubbing my back like oh you're releasing you're releasing and I'm just like crying my eyes out like saying like oh my god whatever's inside of me like this this is like why does it hurt so bad it's like I was like in hindsight it's like demon possession like what I'm describing like something was like taking over my body and like infiltrating me and like causing me physical pain and making me feel like I was going to die and like I was terrified um and stuff like that would even happen to me on weed. Like, it's just, it's not that I wanted to mention this too. Like, it's not that these things don't give you spiritual experiences because they certainly do, but it's like the false foundation for spiritual security Hmm. because like what we're really looking for obviously is Jesus. And that's just like the God-shaped hole that we all have. And we try and fill it with all these things, whether it is like psychedelics or alcohol or porn or like whatever, like it's, it's Jesus that we're ultimately looking for because he made us that way, like to need him. Um, And it's just crazy that like people will go across the world and, you know, pay thousands of dollars to go sit with like the spirit of a plant, like ayahuasca and stuff like that. And spend days like throwing up uncontrollably and feeling feeling bad and thinking that it's like a spiritual up level when in reality it's just like voluntary poisoning (laughs) that well you know what's interesting to me is is you know you hear people talk about psychedelics and say they've had encountered hell and all this stuff but like i said it's like there's always some deep meaning to make it more mystified and oh that's a part of your soul it's not healed and and it's kind of like what's funny to me is that if i told you drink some water it's gonna hydrate you period you come to g like with with new age and with psychedelics it's like there's always these what ifs and all these like, you got to do it like this. You might encounter the wrong spirit. There's all these little warnings and all these little like, like, why do I have to be so prepared for a negative outcome? Why is there so many ways this could go bad? Like when Jesus, hey, come to Jesus, you have eternal life. There's no side effect. There's no like, oh, you know, as long as you, if you didn't say it this way or, you know, if you didn't clear the room and burn some sage before, then you let, you know what I mean? There's all these little and so to me, that never makes sense. You know, why is there such a risk for a negative outcome? And why are the negative outcomes explained away in, you know, ways that aren't very, you know, um, convincing to me? That's such a good point. I actually brought me back to the experience on the beach that I was just telling you about. I, before we did that, we set up like a crystal grid on the table and, um, 
when I, when I took the mushrooms, like my friend was like waving a selenite around my face and that was probably bringing demons in from there. But like, you're, you're right. Like, why do we have to prepare so much? And it's like the same thing with Reiki. I don't know if you did any of that, but it's like, you have to like, make sure you have to like cleanse the room, cleanse the space. Like we don't want any bad spirits here. Like, why do we have to worry about that? If these things (laughs) are so pure, (laughs) it's kind of crazy. And Jesus doesn't ask us to do any of that. Like he doesn't ask us to spend thousands of dollars and, you know, like, because when you have like a, when you have a vice, whether it is alcohol or, or weed or mushrooms or Molly, like whatever it is, like you're spending money and that compounds over time. But Jesus doesn't ask you to spend your money. He doesn't ask you to alter your mind. He just says, get on your knees, repent, give your life to me. It's done. It's finished. But we like overcomplicate it and we're encouraged to overcomplicate it. It's just, it's just kind of insane. Um, now do you, uh, do you have like, do you still have people in your life that are still doing these things? Um, well, I mean, I think that, so, so I'll say this, I haven't gone back to that friend's house since, since that night, that was something I hold, I held on to for, you know, a couple of years where I'd go over there and, and record music with him. Um, and there was a couple of times that I had kind of, you know, drank some drink a little bit there and stuff like that. And I would, you know, repent and, and want to go back for a while. But after that night, that was that was, I cut that off for good. Um, but no, I still have friends that I keep in touch with that are still kind of in that world. But I don't I don't really hang out with them anymore. You know what I mean? There's I'm where I, I'm an evangelist, you know what I mean? And so the way I look at it is like I still keep the door open from a distance to where I could still be someone that it, cause I'll have them like reach out to me. So I'll you know, go get drunk and reach out. Like, Man, I need God, bro. I need, you know what I mean? So I like to have the door open just enough for that, but I, I don't go out there like that no more. You know what I mean? So I've, I guess, uh, old friends, uh, I guess. You yeah. Say. Yeah. I have people ask me that a lot. Like, do you still like commune with your new age friends? And it's like, it's not that it's not that I don't love them anymore. It's not that they're not in my heart. Like I pray for them literally every day. But when you start to just realize like when the common denominator of your relationships was sin and you're not sinning like that anymore, it's like what, not that like, what is there, but what is there? And it's hard because I don't know if you have this experience, but a lot of the people that I used to do those things with, like they think, you know, I'm, I'm closed minded now. Like I, like I've lost, I'm no longer spiritual because I'm Christian sort of thing. And that's, isn't that funny how that happens too? Like you suddenly don't know anything about spirituality because you love Jesus. (laughs) Yeah. That well, the, and the other thing is to do a lot of, a lot of, I've definitely dealt with people think that I think I'm better than them now. And it's like, what people don't understand, you know, for anyone watching, like what people don't understand is like, it breaks our heart to cut off certain people. Like you said, like, I pray for them all the time. Like it sucks. It's not like something that we are happy to do. It, it, it hurts to, to have to cut off certain people that you love and we're friends with for years or whatever. But the truth is, is that when you you get together with them, it's, there's nothing to talk about. Like yeah. it, it it's like, like I would, I would go hang out with the people and two things would either happen. Either I would compromise and either just laughing at a bad joke or I'll stick to my convictions and they'll start feeling real awkward. 
and they'll start feeling real judged because the Holy Spirit in me will convict them. You know what I mean? And I'll stand my ground. They start feeling like, I can't say this. I can't. I'm like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like not in a mean way or judgmental way. It's just like, this is where I'm at. I don't, you know, I don't want to talk about, you know, this or that, or I don't think these jokes are funny anymore. They, yeah. they don't make me laugh. You know what I mean? And so it's definitely, it's, it's easier to, to just cut it off. You know, unfortunately, a lot of times. Yeah, that's true. It's like, you're either compromising or they feel like you're being judged, like a judgmental bigot. And it's not like that. It's just, I'm not against you or anything. Well, it's not, you know, I am against what you're doing, but I'm not against you. I'm just for God. Mm -hmm. And so that has to come first sort of thing. Um, Why do you think, why do you think that we should stay away from these sorts of practices so the way i see it is there's legal and illegal access into the spirit there's real power power is satan has power but satan does not have authority so the way i see it is you can go to a psychic you can access real power we're not saying this stuff is fake it's it's real power you could you know reiki healing energy work um i don't I don't think that that stuff's fake. I don't think that it's not real. Um, I actually have a scripture that God kind of brought up to me. I'm going to use it real quick. Uh, this is a Jeremiah 2, verse 27 through 27, 28. And he's rebuking Israel. And he says, you who say to a tree, you are my father, to a stone, you gave me birth. For they have turned their back to me and not their face. But in time of trouble, they say, arise and save us. But where are your gods that you made for yourself? Let them arise if they can save you in your time of trouble. For as many as your cities are your gods, O Judah. So this is how I see it, is it's we put them in the place of God. Uh, astrology, for example, it says in Genesis, God made the stars as signs in the sky. So it's not saying that it's false necessarily. But he's saying what you're putting your hope in is something created. So now when you need help, call out to the stars, tell them to come save you. You want to, you know, people I hear all the time, like, oh, we're so demonic. We worship nature. Yeah, that's saying call on the tree when you need to be saved. Call on the tree. Tell them to come. That's exactly what he told them. Say call on the rocks. They're your, they're your gods, right? Call on them. And so the way I see it is that it's taking things. God has the universe set up a certain way. Yes, frequency and energy is how God set up the universe. There, you know, it, it's a, it is in frequencies and energies. But the problem is when you worship the frequency and the energy above God, the problem is you take these things out of order. And that's what I've noticed. The biggest thing is that the new age is taking everything God made, kicking Jesus out of it and using it to benefit them and their own feelings, their own ideas and just flowing with it. And so I think that it's just it's just illegal access to some, to something that's real. And so we're tapping into a world that we don't fully understand. You're tapping into powers and spiritual authorities that you have no idea what you're doing. You know what I mean? And so it's like this stuff's not a joke. Like these these demons are from the beginning of time. You know what I mean? We're 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 humans. And so you're 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 taking a knife to a like bazooka fight. You know what I mean? It's like. What, what are you going to do when these demons come and they, they infiltrate you? Like you said, you felt like they were, you know, trying to get in you. I've had an experience like that as well. And so that's what I think it is, is that it's just 
it's extremely dangerous because you have no idea what it, what effects it might bring. It could curse your whole generation. It could, you know, like your whole bloodline. Like you might think, oh, I remember one time this, I was around this guy and uh, the Holy Spirit kept pointing out his necklace to me. I couldn't get my eyes off it. It was a real weird, like demonic looking necklace. I, like I just couldn't. And so I said, I said something, I said, man, I don't, I don't, where'd you get that necklace? And I feel like God's telling me to tell you to take it off like that thing. But he said, really? He said, it's funny because ever since I started wearing it, I've had a lot of good luck. And so I think that's typically where it comes. It's like, we think because so, something good comes from this, that Satan, that's how Satan works. He gives you something then takes something more valuable that you don't see, you know? Yeah. Such, that's such a good way to put it. And you're 100% right. Like, it's real. It's all real stuff. But I always tell people like, just because things are accurate, doesn't mean that it's true. Um, and as far as astrology, like that was my biggest niche. Like that was my thing. I was like, I had my podcast before this was all about astrology. Like I did new moon and full moon reports and towards the, cause I didn't get saved. Like it didn't happen overnight. It was like October ish of 2021 or i'm sorry 20 what year is it yeah 2021 where um i had called out to jesus for the first time and he made his way into my life so i was like sitting on the fence of like new age and jesus where i'm like starting to read the bible but i'm like cherry picking verses like oh like the one you said like oh the sun and the sun the stars and the signs okay great like he loves astrology so i was trying really hard but there was always this like when I would, when I would try and talk about God while I was talking about astrology, it felt, it just wasn't like aligning. And the same thing when I would teach yoga, because I used to be a yoga teacher and you don't ever like, you'll step into a yoga studio and there's like, you know, Buddha on the wall and Ganesh on the wall, but there's no cross on the wall. Mm. And if you even try to talk about God, it, it just, like the, the energy in the room shifts, like it just does, because it doesn't belong there. He doesn't belong there. He's right. not there. He's not in these things. He's, he's not in these psychedelics. He's not in the drugs. And Satan will give us like very real experiences that make us think that it's God, because that's what he does. He comes as an angel of light. Like there was, you know, there's this one time where I did, um, I was single at the time and I did ecstasy with this guy who was a coworker. And, um, he could see that it was like starting to hit me. He was like really familiar with the drug and he could see that I was starting to change. We're like at a Halloween party and he's like, do you want to go smoke a little bit? And I was like, yeah. So we go to his car and that's where he decides to tell me he has a girlfriend by the way. Um, so we're sitting there and like, this is all hitting me and I'm feeling like I'm having like all these, all these answers from the universe just like flood in. And whenever he and I would reflect about that night, he was like, you were just so on it. Like you had so many truths revealed to you and blah, 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 blah. And I thought from this one night with him where we're just sitting there talking and like, you know, ecstasy makes you all touchy. So we're like touching each other. And like, I thought that he was like my twin flame and that we were together in a past life and that we belong together. And then that was like a domino effect. And that's how these things work. It's a domino effect. So I got obsessed. I was already obsessed with astrology, but I got obsessed with his astrology and astrologically speaking, we were like perfect. Mm -hmm. And so I started thinking in my head, like we belong, like we should be together. Like it's like this forbidden fruit, this forbidden romance where the timing is off and all these things. And we both, I eventually got back with my partner 
and he stayed with his and we were both like on the verge of leaving them for each other and like thank god because god intervened with that i just knew it i just knew i couldn't um it because it wasn't god ordained it was like a satan ordained connection but mm. but satan will give us that he will give us what we want when we mm. eat off his table as you said mm. but it's only it's only what we want like of the flesh like in the moment when what we really want within within our soul is the eternal life and the eternal salvation that only jesus can give us mm-hmm. what what yeah. is um i wanted to ask you so this experience how long ago did you say this experience with your uh with the mushroom trip was this was in 2020 like i think it was it was around winter like somewhere between october december 2020 so now that you've, um, now that you've like given yourself to Jesus, what's like the, what's like the difference in your life from then versus now? Because a lot of my listeners are like, I have a lot of seasoned Christians, but a lot of them are, are just coming out of the new age or, or trying to come out of the new age or have only been saved for a year. So what's like the difference in your, in your life and who you are as a person from then to now? Um, well, I'd say that it's more just, it's just, it's just, it was a part of the maturing process. It's, it's like, I've learned that God doesn't need us. We need God. And so basically what happened was, you know, before that I got to a point where, you know, you, know, you surrender to Jesus as Lord, right? But he also wants us to be our, uh, he wants to be our friend. He says, those who do my will are my friends. He called, he called Jacob a servant. He called Abraham a friend. You know, there, so there's, a, there is a, a separation between the two we're all called to be slaves to righteousness. You know, we're all slaves to, to Jesus, but there's an aspect. And so I started to get to that place of friendship. And then I started to feel opinionated. I started to feel like I, I was entitled to, to feel how I wanted to feel before that all happened. And, and so I think I've, I, it taught me a greater deal of Jesus is King, you know, and, and, uh, you know, I've just, learn to press into the the peace of God and be grateful for it and and learn to stay thankful and stop stop worrying about what I'm not seeing and and not getting frustrated being thankful for my salvation and not getting mad at God for everybody else's that isn't seeing it and just being grateful for mine and and um so I think it's just put me in a place over the last couple of years I've gone through a lot you know in the, in those couple of years there's been a lot of lessons there's been a lot of ups and downs not like I after that I got perfect. I definitely didn't touch mushrooms again. Um, you know, I learned my lesson for sure. Um, but it's just been, I think, a gradual uh state of like trusting him more um and learning that he's he's in charge and just kind of yielding more and more to his processes, his his ways. And so I think it's it's just being more mature really and, and being more content in where I'm at and staying grateful in those places and you know god's god's good i've you know I've, god's good i've had a lot of um encounters with with his love i've had a lot of encounters with his correction um overall i think where i've where i've landed as of right now is just a place of of resting resting in him more and more you know and learning to to enter his rest i love that i relate to that that's like only very recently, like within the coming weeks, I actually, um, 
I started changing the way I pray to him. So I went from kind of like, there are certain things that I just, I really want to see happen. Like I would, I would plead to him, like beg him when I'm praying, like, please, like, please, 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 please. And I actually started instead, even for things, <clears throat> even for things that haven't happened yet, I've started thanking him for those things. <laughs> and when I say like overnight, I mean, overnight, like the, the way that I felt absolutely changed, like the, the trust that I had for him just by thanking him instead of begging him for things instantly just like fell into his arms and like, I, I can be at peace now. And it's, it, that's kind of crazy. So we'll start to wrap up here. Just if you, um, do you have any advice for anyone who is listening that may want to think, well, is it okay to just do it? sometimes you know like is it okay to to just maybe smoke the weed or to go out and have some drinks or to take the mushrooms do you have any advice for those people that are having those thoughts let me see so i definitely have advice um but i also think that it's not a it's it there's different degrees of it um and, and so i don't think this is like a one advice for all people, but I will say this, there is nothing nobody could ever tell me in regards to weed, alcohol, any type of substance, nobody that is truly one with God ascended needs any of it because that person has found true connection with God. You know what I mean? So like, let's just pretend that there, there's another source, right? Let's just, let's just play into that for a second. If you're close to that source, then why would you need anything external? You know what I mean? And so Jesus, it says that pleasures forevermore are at his right hand and in his presence is the fullness of joy. And so when you get close to God, you are full. He, he fills you with joy. He fills you with peace. He's the Prince of Peace. And so I would say that right off the bat, if you need anything to feel any type of way, right off the bat, you're already admitting to yourself that you you you're not one with god you know what i mean and so it's like my my um what i would say to anybody that's thinking and doing these things is you know what i people die all the time you don't know when your day is gonna be be seen how you want to be found like are you proud of this thing do you want to be found with this in your hand is this really how you like that's one thing are you proud of this? I remember one time me and my sister, we were smoking weed and our kids came out. We were on a family vacation and we went and hid. And she said, isn't that crazy? We're hiding from our kids. And I said, exactly, because we're not proud of this. You're not proud of smoking weed or else you, why don't you do it in front of the president or, you know, or do it, you know what I mean? Like, why do we, if we're, we think this stuff's okay, then give it to your kids. Why won't we give it? Because we internally know, oh, we shelter them from cuss words, we shelter, but we do it. If it's okay, then give your kid weed because it's 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 great for them, right? It's great for you. So give it to them when they're five. Why you know you know what I mean? And then we have oh well their minds might not be no, it's because we know God put his law in our hearts. We know whether we understand or not, we know internally in our spirits there's a right way and a wrong way. And the other thing that I was the last thing I'll say is these things will snare you. So you think, oh, I'm going to just do it one time. No, you, you open that door, Satan's going to hook you about five different ways and you're going to be fighting for a month to get free, free from it. I've seen it over and over. 
I've seen, I mean, I've had my friends that I've, I've walked them through deliverance, cast demons out of them, and they go back to, to whatever it was a month later, and now they're shackled up, backslidden for the next three or four months. It's not a game, you know what I mean? It's, it's, and so people think like, like I thought, oh, it's one little mistake, you know, and no, it could, that could be the end. And, you know, it could be end up a lot worse than it was before. So don't just don't play with it. Yeah. And it really isn't worth it. And I, what you said is true. Cause that was my experience. Like it was, it's kind of like the one thing, like, it's like Satan knows that was like the one thing was like, we like, just come back to it. Just come back to it. Just one more time. Just one more time. And it's like, it's a cycle. And I would do want to kind of close with, um, first Peter one 13, therefore with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. Like that is what we need. We don't need any of these temporary earthly fleshly pleasures. You know, mm-hmm. people will say, well, life is short. Like, why do you have to be boring? It's not boring to have eternal mm-hmm. life with a King. <laughs> so <laughs> Um, thank you so much for doing this. This was a really incredible conversation. Would you just do us the honor of closing out in prayer? Yeah, of course. Jesus, we love you. We give you all the glory. I exalt you, Lord. I bless you, Lord. I thank you for your patience with us. I thank you for all the grace and the mercy that you've had towards all of us. I just ask, Lord, that you would pursue every heart that is wandering every heart that is questioning, every heart that needs stability, every heart that needs comfort. I ask that you bring peace and joy to those hearts right now. And Lord, I just ask that you would allow everybody to see you as you are. I ask for a revealing of your presence and your face and your glory. I ask, Father, that you would surround those that are are walking off into dark places, those who have continuously stayed bound in dark places, Lord, I ask that your mercy and your love would reach them in those moments. And Father, I just ask that you'd be glorified. I ask that you would allow people to understand you, that you would enlarge the eyes of our heart, that the spirit of wisdom and revelation would rest upon everybody watching. And Lord, I pray for a strong conviction right now to everybody's heart, not a conviction just to repent, but a conviction to go deeper, a conviction to be drawn closer. And Lord, I just thank you for the fear of the Lord. And I thank you for your presence and peace in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. That was beautiful. Thank you so much.